What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast at TTB Ravens Media on YouTube. Um, this is going to be a podcast episode, so three segments on YouTube, full podcast. So if you want to see the future episodes or the future segments, uh, go check out the full podcast. Um, as always, we got McConnell, myself, hosting, and as well as Joshua. But we have a special guest, um, Jake Luke. Do you want to introduce yourself, Jake? Yeah, I'm uh, Jake Luke. I'm with BaltimoreBeatdown.com, host and producer of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. That's oh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. So, man. what we're going to talk about today, uh, we'll start off and we will talk about uh, Miles Boykin, possibly shifting him to tight end. Then we'll get into the Ravens and who they could potentially cut if they could cut them, if they should cut them, and you know how much of an impact that will make. And then finally, we'll finish it off and we'll talk about edge rushers because that's a priority in the Ravens offseason, um, or it, at least it is for the fan perspective. I can't speak on behalf of Eric DaCosta, but starting off, Miles Boykin. I think a lot of Ravens fans, obviously, when he got drafted out of Notre Dame, had high hopes, uh, physical, big, fast. Um, but hasn't really produced at the wide receiver position, hasn't developed into the wide receiver two I think the Ravens were looking for in his production level. And I've seen a couple of people saying on Twitter, um, I've seen some YouTube videos where people talk about it, about switching him to the tight end spot to play behind Mark Andrews. And I, I want to really deep dive into this because it's an interesting idea. I mean, he's not a six foot six type of guy. He's not a Darren Waller where you can just switch him to tight end as they were a wide receiver. Um, but I'll let, I'll let the guest Jake go first. What, what are your overall thoughts on possibly making this move? It's funny to see like this kind of stuff, I think, bubble up right now because this was an idea that I had actually kind of broached going into the season, I think, a little bit. And going into training camp um, and maybe right around the time that he had started to really struggle at wideout. Uh, and it does seem like if you grew up like, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up playing Madden. And like you you kind of just get the ideas, like the, the gears start to turn a little bit like, oh, why can't you just like move this guy to like exposition and see what happens? And uh, my co-host Spencer is like a really smart guy, really football smart and understands a lot more of the nuances of the like tight end and wide receiver nuances and somebody like I do, you know, he raised some concerns about why it wouldn't necessarily be a possibility. Uh, and I don't know, man, I think uh, it might be kind of tough. Like you mentioned, the size there and the weight could be a concern, but I, I did see some more informed people. It might've been, might've been Michael Crawford or somebody on Twitter talking today about how, you know, maybe you're just talking about him running some tight end routes, which he already kind of does, but just maybe seeing a little bit more of that would be sort of a good, happy medium. And I don't know, because like, Blocking off the line is a lot different than the blocking that he does at wideout, which he is pretty good at. Uh, so that could be an entirely different conversation. But it does kind of strike me as a thing where it's just like me, like, you know, stupid fans sitting there, like speculating about something that some guy who is, uh, you know, put a lot of time and effort into being a wide receiver. Well, why doesn't he just do this? Because it worked for Darren Waller. It might not quite be that simple, but who knows, really? What do you think, Joshua? Are you on board? Um, No, not really. reason I say that because. 6'4", um, what do you maybe about 180, 180, 200 pounds. He's a, it seems like, you know, the transition from college over to the NFL as far as a wide receiver, it has been, a, it has not been so the best. And um, I'm not going to say tight ends are glorified fullbacks with better hands. No, tight ends are 
tight ends and tight ends are actually now wide receivers if we want to be if we want to be honest in um today's nfl especially with the packages that we run i mean look at jimmy graham look at the aaron hernandez look at the uh gronkowski's todd heaps uh now you got mark andrews hayden hurst uh hunt uh hunter Hunter henry there we go yeah like them so i mean with the with the style of play of football that we do we're going to need someone that still is able to, you know, hit hit the linebackers, please at least hold the block for three to five minutes, open up the hole, you know, be able to, you know, still run good routes. Can I see it maybe possibly being a mismatch for certain linebackers? Possibly. But linebackers are getting faster nowadays too. They're running four threes and four four flats. So, I mean, they're sticking with some of the best out here. <laughs> I mean, um, so – if they were, I'll say this: If they were to draft one of the premier wide receivers that maybe could upgrade the offense and possibly in some packages make him a third option at tight end, where he doesn't have to do but so much and disguise him, where he just running those tight end routes, which has already been stated that he's you know been doing, it could possibly work. But I don't see making him to a full transitional tight end. I don't see that's I don't see that's gonna help help us out. Yeah, I think asking somebody at his size to all of a sudden become an on-the-line tight end full time would be way too much to ask for. Um with Darren Waller, he had the build. I mean, most colleges, I believe, besides Georgia Tech, told him that he would play tight end, and that's why he went to Georgia Tech, was because he was like, No, I'm a wide receiver. Then he finally got to the NFL and the Ravens were like, no, we're going to draft you as a tight end. And then, of course, transitioned him. He looked really good, never played him because, you know, why would they play a very good tight end who has great ball skills? Um, You know, so then they let him go. Then he balled out. Good for Darren Waller. But Darren Waller still isn't like some phenomenal run blocker, but at least he has the size. If if we asked Miles Boykin to come out consistently alongside Mark Andrews, the blocking there, I mean, Mark Andrews has shown he can block, but Nick Boyle is the one you want to block. And so unless you're going out in three tight end sets, I don't think Miles Boykin would be getting very much play time. Now, the interesting thing would be if they came out in formations and had Mark Andrews lining up at wide receiver and you put him on and you put, you know, uh, Miles Boykin on the line for certain formations like Joshua brought up different sets. I think if you taught him how to play that, because I think it would be the exact opposite of what happened last year. Um, After Nick Boyle went down, the Ravens were like, all right, let's start playing Patrick Ricard at tight end. And the problem was Patrick Ricard can't run routes and he can't catch unless he's running to the flats, um, which, you know, Greg Roman play schemes, I guess sort of has him doing that a lot, but overall, you know, you see Patrick Ricard on the line, they're going to run the ball. If you see miles Boykin on the line, they're going to throw. So it, it makes it, you know, it's too obvious in what they're doing. But I think if they went with, if they tried to go with more of a positionless play style um, on the offensive side of the ball, I think it could work. The issue is they cannot do that with Hollywood Brown. Um, they could do it, you know, if they had a, a Bateman or a Terrence Marshall that they ended up drafting, pro, you know, projecting too far into the future. If you had that type of size where you could be like, hey, why don't we have a, formation where they do line up you know at tight end then it could work but the problem is if Hollywood's on the field um you can't line him up at tight end because he will get I mean he would get eaten literally by 
any linebacker or safety that tries to guard him because he's too small. So I think overall, I mean, Miles Boykin, I think it's a nice concept. I think Ravens fans would have fun with the idea. I mean, maybe he lines up every once in a while, but I think he's just got to develop. And I think that's, that's, that's T Martin's job uh, this upcoming season and trying to get him to the spot where, you know, he's able to become a, a crisp route runner and, you know, maybe plays jump balls against the Tennessee Titans in the playoff game, you know, where the ball's up in the air. Uh, maybe he go- jumps up for it. I don't know. Maybe that's something he can learn, but he's not somebody who I want making contested catches over the middle. I mean, he can't do that. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't really do that on the perimeter either, Kenny. No, 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 no. The catching, the, the hands, the route running, all he has is size. Uh, <laughs> well, well, let's not forget, guys, Daz Bryant did show video that we do have some type of passing off. We just don't use it. So yeah, <laughs> it's there. It's, it's in the package. We don't use it, though. Yeah, what a, what a move to not use that great passing <laughs> offense that they just had hidden in, in the playbook or whatever was going on there. Yeah, the good old-fashioned, we only use these plays in the Super Bowl type of mindset. Like Bill Belichick used to do the, yeah, we just have things, you know, that we'll just catch them off guard. They were just saving it. They were never going to use Des Bryant until they got He just got addicted to running the cheese play on Madden and, like, forgot that he had, like, the rest of the playbook uh, in (laughs) the the arsenal there. Yeah, every single time. All right, they can't stop it. But once they stop it, you forget there's an entire playbook, and it's it's gone. Um, It's a horrible scenario. Of course. But any any other thoughts on Miles Boykin? I mean, will Miles Boykin even be – I mean, this is speculating a lot – but will he even be? How much will he even see the field this year? Um, expecting the, I think the Ravens will add a wide receiver, um, whether yeah. it's through the draft or free agency. I don't know. But if he drafts Simi for Hoko, he's getting cut. <laughs> oh, I want Simi. If, if they get if they get Simi in the late rounds, <laughs> I can see him making the fifty-three man roster, and Miles Boy is getting cut. I'm sorry, I'm calling it. That's my yeah. worst. <laughs> Which is sad. Which is so sad. I wanted Miles Boykin. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Notre Dame wide receivers in general. Chase Claypool, Will Fuller, Miles Boykin. Of course, we got the one that didn't pan out. But actually, no, Equinemius St. Brown. I'm sorry. He he also didn't pan out. But I don't know. Miles Boykin, it's a novel idea to play him at tight end. But, you know, that's an in theory type of thing. In reality, he would get kind of slapped around. He wouldn't really be able to block linebackers, and he couldn't make catches over the middle. But I don't know. Uh, that's I think that's it for this segment. We can get into the the fun stuff. Um, you know this. So you know, people watching this segment, go listen to the podcast to hear the rest of it. But looking at kind of the Ravens roster and what they can do, I think a lot of people want free agents. Um, a lot of Ravens fans unfortunately wanted Allen Robinson got, you know, signed, wanted Chris Godwin, uh, got tagged. Both of them got tagged. Uh, but Kenny Galladay, uh, Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, those guys are all available. Um, and then edge rushers, Clowney, Barrett, Hassan Reddick available, but they all cost money. The Ravens don't have a ton of money. So if they want to go after a big name free agent, like so many Ravens fans want, myself included, I there, there's going to have to be cuts made. And the biggest name brought up in these cuts has been Brandon Williams. I believe either EDC or John Harbaugh said that there isn't really a plan um, to cut Brandon Williams. Like they see him being on the roster, but if they have a deal 
if they're talking with somebody and they're like, we need a little bit more money, he could still get cut. Um, saying he's in the plans right now doesn't mean he's in the plans in the future. So Brandon Williams, it would save $7.5 million. Could he slash should he get cut this offseason? Um, which is sad because I love Brandon Williams. I think most Ravens fans do. But what are the thoughts? Um, well, I'll ask this. Do you guys trust Matabuke and Washington holding that interior line? If y'all trust those two guys, then I will be okay with the Brandon Williams cut. I trust – I'll say this. I trust Matabuke and I trust Ellis. Um, Washington, not, you know, I mean, he could play, but I think I would have more faith in, you know, Washington, um, not being there, but overall, I think that Madubuike mixed with Ellis could do a fair job. And I think the Ellis re-sign is something that, you know, keys into the idea of, Hey, Brandon Williams, we just signed a, a backup for you. Could he be there? But Jake, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think uh, more playing time for Matabuke would lead to more like pass rush, which you're really not getting with Brandon, which is kind of the issue right now. He's kind of a guy who has been grandfathered in from like a different era, it feels like. And it feels weird because he only got drafted not even a decade ago. But it feels like the passing league boom is kind of taken off, like since he got drafted in 2013 to the point that he's almost a little bit obsolete now. It's kind of that run, run plugging, uh, just sort of, you know, traditional D tackle. And with all that he costs, like, you know, honestly, I, I hate to say it. I love Brandon, too. But, like, I, I would be fine with him, you know, eventually just kind of moving on, getting cut, getting traded, whatever it might be. Uh, I don't see it really happening, though. I think he's going to be in the picture. I think they value him a lot. I feel like if he was going to be gone, it probably would have happened last year, honestly. Like, at what point, you know, do you just kind of look at the skill set and say, we don't need this anymore? I feel like if it was going to happen. It was going to happen already. Hasn't happened. Uh, I think they do value what he brings as a leader on the defense that uh, got somewhat young a couple years ago. They brought some other veterans in, but he is kind of one of those voices, apparently. Not that I'm totally plugged in or would know, but it just seems that way, and it seems like they value what he brings. Like I said, if it were me, like I'm kind of getting tired of like all the investing in defense and like even people talking about investing big in defense. Like, kind of feels like it's you know time to start showing some love to the offensive side of the ball. So if they were to get rid of him, clear that cap hit, and invest it into – offensive line, pass catcher, whatever it might be. I think I might be down for that. But again, don't really see it happening. Yeah. I mean, he the Raven the Ravens are a franchise that that likes to keep their their core players. Um now they don't love keeping young players. A lot of times they let people walk, but uh in terms of you know edge rushers, <laughs> Zadarius Smith unfortunately. But um man, I wish we had him back. But um you know, they, they like to keep their guys. The Ravens culture is is a real thing. Not a lot of teams have built the culture that the Ravens have done, and the Ravens have done it in a short period of time. And I, I credit I credit Ozzie Newsome and I credit uh, Brian Billick into John Harbaugh in, in developing that culture. But John Harbaugh is a player's coach. Um, he, If you have trust in your coach that is a player's coach, that's all that matters uh, with them. And John Harbaugh has that coach. And he has that respect. And if he moves on from somebody that is a, a major piece in that locker room, um, the longest tenured uh, player on the defensive line in Baltimore, I mean, you look at the guys they have there. I mean, they're all new. Last year, it was, it was Wolf. It was Calais. It was Yannick. I mean, that's right there. All new guys with Brandon. Um, and then the young guys that they had drafted. I mean, obviously, the edge rushers every once in a while um, stepping in. But their front seven, if they were to cut him, it would become very young. 
Um, they would have two sophomore linebackers. They would have a, a sophomore and a third-year D tackle. Um, maybe they have Jalen Ferguson stepping up in, in place of Derek Wolf, which is I believe it would be his third year. That is that is very very young to have, and then obviously you have Calais Campbell who is who is aging. Um, he's not like he's a veteran now. Um, unfortunately, his, his play is declining. He's still solid, but you know if you cut Brandon Williams, who is still playing solid football, and the teams that the Ravens have to get past, yes, the Ravens have to get past the Chiefs who don't run the ball, and they have to get past the Bills who literally don't run the football um, against the Ravens. I, I don't th- I don't remember if they even ran the ball in the first half in that playoff game. Um, it was like something like eight runs up until, you know, they had kind of sealed it away. But they don't run the ball. Like, you know, you got to get pressure against them. But we play in the AFC North. We have to go against Nick Chubb. We have to go against Derrick Henry. Those are guys where you need a, a Brandon Williams type of guy to stop them. Um, the Steelers like to run power football. Bengals, they're the Bengals, um, you know, whatever you want to plug in, it'll work. So for that, Brandon Williams is a key piece in trying to stop the run. And that's something that the Ravens have built their identity on in the entire history of the franchise has been stopping the run. And he is that pivotal piece. And moving on to have nobody there that can really stop the run like he can um, on the inside. Calais, um, you know, still plays inside, but not at the D tackle position. I, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. But another guy that I've seen people say could get cut is or possibly traded is guys like Tavon Young. Um, there are some Ravens on this roster that are very good but don't play. Uh, Tavon, obviously, injury-wise. But also a guy like Chuck Clark. Um, you know, the safety position has been talked about. Elliott and Clark play similar stuff. Um, so getting rid of either of those two, would that be a viable option um, if the Ravens were to go after – um, players to replace them, um, whether it be in the draft or signing a, a Malik Hooker type to fill in that free safety role and slide Deshaun to the right side. Um, Jake, I'll let you go first, but what do you think about, you know, either moving on from those guys or, or trading with them? Um, I think I'm probably fine with the safety position. I like the way that Clark and Elliott kind of meshed. I think there might be some redundancy in their play styles with them both kind of being box safeties. But I feel like the whole box safety, free safety thing is kind of an antiquated idea anyway. You have to be able to do both if you're going to be playing that position. And I think they both have the capability to be starting like good, you know, decent caliber players. So I'm, I'm good there. Uh, as far as Tavon goes, like I'd be interested to see what even kind of like market he would fetch out there. After all the injuries that he's had, you know, he hasn't really played too much football since getting drafted uh, in 2016. He's been good when he has, but at a certain point, like availability is an ability. And you kind of have to look at that and think like, well, like if I'm, you know, another team, am I really willing to give up something where the juice is going to be worth the squeeze with a guy like that and with his contract? So I think the Ravens are kind of stuck with him as well for better and for worse. And uh, I don't know, like it's kind of weird because you look at his injuries and like they're not necessarily like the nagging predictive type of stuff. It's like broken leg, torn ACL, like all this kind of all this kind of stuff that's just really like hard to predict and like just kind of, you know, unfortunate. So you would hope that maybe the the luck would swing back in his direction this year. Like I said, I feel like he's another situation where they're kind of just like stuck with it one way or the other because they did choose to do that early extension, a move which I liked at the time, and hopefully it starts to pay off with pay off with them here because I feel like he might be uh, sticking around for a little while. Yeah, what do you think, Joshua? Um, I definitely would love to take on Young to stay on the team. Um, just off the strength that you know he is a Maryland guy, went to Temple, went to uh, Temple University, um, as as Jake stated, you know when he's in, he plays, he's good. 
um, even before we started recording, he adds a boost to, you know, not only the depth, but also that coverage, you know, I mean, if we look at the def defensive identity from, you know, from the beginning, it was always about the front seven. Now, now it's the back seven, you know, saving, saving our lives now. I mean, um, going towards that playoff run, who was it that was really helping us out a lot? Defense. And that front and that back seven was the one that was really um, helping us out. Um, now, with the Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark, Chuck, Clark, Chuck Clark, excuse me, guys, I wouldn't move them for the simple fact that you have to you have to let Chuck Clark Chuck Clark play in the box. I mean, both of those guys are thumpers, but I do see Deshaun Elliott having that Roman ability. I mean, he did it at uh, Texas. And, you know, when when we did see him in flashes of preseason games, before he got injuries, he was able to, you know, be back there by himself, you know, as an actual free safety on his Ed Reed. And then he did come down with interceptions. So we know he has the ball. He, we know he has the awareness and ball skills to, you know, find the ball. Wink Martindale, he just gets his he, – he likes us up there. He likes us, you know – Laying the boom, I mean, hell, I loved it when Deshaun Elliott came out there and knocked the stoop out of uh, Derrick Henry. So, um, <laughs> by all means, I definitely would love to see. I would definitely love to see more of that. But um, I just want to go back on the Brandon Williams situation. Um, even though, you know, I threw the question out there about Matt Bouquet and, and Robert Broderick Washington, I don't see us. Uh, I don't see us letting go Brandon Williams for the simple fact. If we look at Ravens history, who do we have? Tony Saragusa, Sam Adams, Kelly Gregg, Haloti Nada. We always had star stellar guys on that front seven, whether and it didn't matter, you know, their age, they were still able to um, do something for the team. And, you know, when we got beat by Tennessee the way we did the first time uh go around, what, what was the what was the whole thing about? The getting the front seven, beefing them up. What we do added Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell helped out Brandon Williams. Uh, is the little things, you know? If you add more pieces, it makes it makes it made him better. So you know, putting that Derek Wolf, putting that Penelope feet, putting the Calais Campbell. I just feel like he didn't have enough uh, people, you know, pressure putting pressure on those big uglies because I mean it'd be like two or three guys on Brandon Williams and Brandon Williams. You know, he's he's at that point where. Uh, I'm gonna do what I can, but if I'm getting if I'm if I'm getting blocked, it should open it should open up those lanes and holes for my uh, my guys in the back. But you know, I definitely see I definitely see those guys staying. Maybe contract restructuring with Tavion Young once again, or maybe a Brandon Williams to open up some money. But I feel like we're gonna keep the defense intact, other than the guys that we're losing on the edge. Yeah, and, and we saw what happened this year when Brandon Williams didn't play against the Tennessee Titans. The Ravens lost. I mean, Calais Campbell was out as well, but the Derrick Henry went all over the Ravens. Um, he played very, very well. And then, you know, both those guys come back. The Ravens hold him to 40 rushing yards, and that and they don't go for it on, on fourth and one at their own 40 uh, with well, very little time remaining because they didn't have faith in Derrick Henry. And that's something that if you – if you don't have Brandon Williams out there, that's something that they are going for because Brandon Williams, he plugs that hole yep. almost as well as anybody else in the NFL. And even though it's not a, 
you know, something that it's as necessary as maybe it once was back in the early 2000s. It's still something that is needed, especially when you go up against probably the two best power backs in the NFL about three, maybe even more times a season uh, in Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. So I agree. I think, I think Brandon Williams um, staying is good. The big hope for the money situation is, is definitely the Earl Thomas um, settlement. Um, if that can, if that can happen, because uh, right now it's about ten million dollars in dead cap. If that could get reduced by five million, I would love that. Really dive into it. Um, and in the uh, conference, in the conference today, right? Well, at the cost, they, they couldn't really even go into it. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they're getting anywhere. I think Eric Thomas, between his wife beating him down and letting him go, he he going he 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 needs a W somewhere in his life. <laughs> Sounds like he's having a lot of fun, for better and worse. Yeah, I mean, that's just a weird situation. <laughs> oh, I remember hearing about that story. And they just be like, what? Um, and then he got let go. But um, let's kind of get into the, the final topic of uh, this podcast episode, uh, final segment on YouTube. But the edge rusher position is is the position I think Ravens fans on the defensive most intriguing position to look at. Um, the question of re-signing or tagging uh Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe was was very prevalent this offseason and I was somebody who did not want to tag either of them or re-sign either of them I really want to go out in free agency um there's a lot of options um you know whether it's the kind of high-end guys such as Von Miller if he gets uh cut or released by the Denver Broncos or Shaq Barrett who was not tagged or a um, Hassan Reddick who wasn't tagged or on the lower end Carlos Dunlap was released um and those type of guys so what should we do at the edge rusher position um this offseason because it's a prevalent need getting to the quarterback especially against the Chiefs and the Bills is something that the Ravens have to be able to do and they have not been able to prove that they can do it especially in these last two pivotal meetings against both the teams. Um, Jake, what, where, where would your ideal situation be? Who's the player you want um, this offseason? Uh, it's interesting. I'm not really for a huge investment, to be honest. I'm actually, you know, it looks like they're going to be letting both the guys that were uh, up for a big deal, potentially walking Judon and Ngakwe. And, you know, I just, I'm just kind of past the point, like I mentioned earlier, of like making these massive defensive investments when it's kind of clear that the offense needs to, needs some love. And like, unfortunately you can't have a perfect team and you can't have like every single position have some sort of stacked player. So if you have to make some sacrifices, I'm down to say like, Hey, look, this organization has proven their ability to draft and develop pass rushers. They've proven an ability to find guys on the market for good value. So let's let Judon and Ngakwe walk is kind of my thoughts on it. And if they could get a guy like a Hassan Reddick or bring back a Tyus Bowser for like decent value, nothing crazy, and then draft a guy, we actually on our show, Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, check it out wherever you get your pods today. We had a uh, deep dive on the edge position for the draft. It's part of a new series where we're doing uh, each you know position for the draft, and we started off with edge, and we looked at four guys uh, who could be really intriguing: Jalen Phillips and. Greg Russo, two guys from Miami that a lot of people seem to like. They would be potential first-round targets. Aziz Ojolari in there as well. And then Joe Tryon is a guy who I really liked, and he seems like a guy that might be able to be available like second to mid-round. So like maybe you bring back Bowser, maybe you sign like a mid-tier guy, and then maybe you draft sort of a mid-tier guy. Hope they hit. Hope Jalen Ferguson can continue to develop. And then, like I said, kind of reallocate those assets to the offensive side of the ball because – 
like I keep kind of hitting on here. I'm just, I'm ready to see that happen. And I think there's going to need to be some sacrifice made at the edge position. And I'm comfortable with that, with the way the organization has been able to find talent at the spot and the way Wink has been able to kind of scheme things up there. Yeah, I think being able to scheme things up is is definitely a specialty. Um, now, the issue is the talent that has been there, um, when things aren't schemed up, Judon and, and Yanni did it a little bit, but the problem was he couldn't drop into coverage to to stop anything. Um, and Wink likes to drop people into coverage, which is why I think for somebody that can come in, I, I do love the idea of bringing in Hassan Reddick because he he is a very athletic outside linebacker. That's why I would love Tyus to come back uh, because when you have those athletic guys, if you drop them into coverage, it wouldn't be the the worst thing um, in the world. And I actually, in my mock draft that I had, I had the Ravens draft a, um, it was a, an edge rusher out of, I believe it was out of Tulane. I can't remember his first name. His last name was Johnson. I can't remember his first name because having, having edge rushers that can, that can also defend the pass is a major um, importance in this Ravens defense. And so the guys like Von Miller, Von Miller, not anymore. Can he drop into coverage and any consistent basis whatsoever he may get a lucky swat down or something like that but i think Hassan reddick would be the best move in terms of that side of things if you want to if the ravens wanted to go for scheme um earlier today uh on the youtube channel on the podcast i talked about shaq barrett coming um and if the ravens went after him he would not be a scheme fit he would just be somebody that is so crazy talented them and man double teams and he would come in and he would allow everybody else to thrive i don't know what the ravens will go after personally i really like the idea of just the hassan reddick um and tyus bowser um signings but i'm very intrigued in what they do because i'm I'm not i'm on board with their safeties right now i don't think the secondary needs any additions I think it's just the edge rusher position um, and, and drafting somebody would be very interesting. But for me, I want a first round wide receiver um, as long as it's, you know, a guy with size. I mean, I don't want them to draft somebody that's like five, nine. Um, I would be very disappointed in a, in a five, nine wide receiver draft pick. <laughs> so hopefully EDC doesn't do me dirty, but the offensive line is, is a major factor this off season. And for me, I, I like Alex Mack. Um, I think Lindsley's going to make a ton of money. But there are also, you know, uh, Creed Humphreys, a guy available in the draft. Like there, there are guys that can be drafted. And I think free agency will tell us so much and the draft will tell us so much about what the Ravens are trying to do because they will try and fix everything. It's just they can go in every direction. They can draft offense or they could draft defense and they could sign offense or they could sign defense. I don't think I think they will go all in on one side of the ball. I don't think that they'll try and do like a let's sign some lower end guys because it's been reported that they've been interested in in kind of the second tier of wide receivers, um, which makes me upset. I don't really want to bring in a second tier wide receiver. I'd much rather draft somebody, um, but I don't think that they will just go okay. Let's bring in a mid tier or a low end tier for all of them. I think it'll be. I think they'll try and make a splash somewhere. I think it'll be edge, um, but it could be center, and I would be a bit disappointed. But you know what? I don't want to have to watch Lamar Jackson running backwards another time in the next 10 years because it happened like four times last year <laughs> where like they lost games because of Lamar Jackson, particularly against the, the Patriots and the, 
the Bills. But yeah, so Joshua, what do you think? Um, is there an edge rusher that you want or draft or what do you want them to do at that that spot? Well, that's I mean, these were all on the grand on bringing Tyus back. Tyus, that's my guy. That's a dark horse. Um, I said it time and time and again. He reminds me of a Paul Kruger, Jared Johnson type of guy that knows how to get dirty, knows how to, you know, um, put in a scheme very well. And he just goes out there and makes the best happen, you know, when he's out there on the field. Those are the type of guys we need. Those are the type of guys we love. Um, if we was to bring, if we was to make a flash and bring a Shaq Barrett, you know, he's, he's a hometown, he's a hometown boy. Do I think he's going to want to get paid? Of course. Um, but you know, to what McConnor said, you don't have to scheme him up. He's a dog, and right now, that I mean, what that's what Ravens defense known for. You know, putting dogs out there, and you know, having a young gun like that out there on the field, it definitely be a booster to our uh, edge. Because I don't remember the last time. I don't remember the last time we had an edge rusher that can get sacks by itself. Uh, uh, last time I remember somebody really doing that was Terrell Suggs. And he, and he was still getting he was still getting pressure in his late season late in his late seasons of his career. Um, a guy that I would personally draft um, that I know is a mid tier guy that could that could be a steal in the late rounds is my boy Roche. He actually went to um, went to Randallstown High School here in Maryland, Temple University. Um, he had a star of game in one of those bowl games they played against North University of North Carolina. Transferred to Miami. And still, he still balled out. Um, he's a, he has a motor. He don't stop. He's gonna go up the ball. You can put him out there in the coverage. He can drop back. So you know that's a that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a guy. Um, I definitely look forward to see where he's gonna go. Um, I know, but right now we talked about it before in um, previous episodes where we kept on investing, 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 investing on defense. It's about time that we invest in our offense. I mean, look at it. Um, Kansas City, when they won the Super Bowl, they had a subpar defense. They had enough to get them to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Only person, only teams that's maybe had a balanced, a, a balanced breakfast, if we're going to be honest, is Tampa Bay and the 2012 Ravens, uh, 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 team. Yeah. I mean, and then, and, 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 and teams before then. But other than that, that's it. You're not seeing uh, too many teams that's making it to those playoff runs with, you know, okay, they got a great defense and they got a great offense. No, it's either they have a great offense and, okay, this defense, on, depending on what defense you have on Sunday, they're going to play. Or if they're playing under the lights, they're going to play a little harder. Or, you know, hey, we know we got one of the best defense in the league. All we need to do is do X, Y, and Z, run our scheme on offense, get a touchdown here, a field goal there, and rely on our defense to get some uh, turnovers and possibly get a touchdown. But no, we actually, you know, we had this year we had a strong defense, but that subpar offense. Yeah. Now I'm now ready for us to go in the years of over the top strong offense. If need to be, if we lose out on the edge, so be it. I'm putting my trust in my back seven. Ozzie Newsome, you know, we had the era of 
you know, get the defensive guys, get the guys from Alabama, uh, show love to my tight ends. Now you have EDC era where, okay, I'm going to get wide receiver. I'm going to get some linemen. I'm going to make a trade here during the off. I'm going to make a trade here during the midseason. I'm going to make a nice little uh, addition right here in the offseason. So I'm actually looking forward to them adding to the offense because, um, I mean, we, we need it. We need it. We're going to keep on yeah. saying we get it. We need wide receiver. We need a wide receiver. Somebody got to help out uh, um, Marquise, and Marquise got to run his routes harder. He can't be out there talking on Twitter until he showed me he can put up a 10, 10 touchdown season with a 1,200 yards. And that's, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And we're living in an era, unfortunately, where we, the, the playoff quarterbacks that we're going against, it, it's no longer Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, which, which seems like, oh, that's so great. Um, no, it's not great because we had to scheme against them. If you hit the quarterback, if you get pressure, boom, that's how you beat Tom Brady. That's how you beat Peyton Manning. The issue is the quarterbacks that we play against now are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and even a guy like Ryan Tannehill, all guys that can evade pressure very well and throw on the run. So in the Ravens' strategy of just getting pressures against elite quarterbacks, which worked for 20 years, no longer can it work against those types of guys. I mean, if we go up against a, a Big Ben in the playoffs or, or you know that type of player, yeah, we could totally do that. We get pressures, boom, you beat the Steelers. But if you get pressures against Patrick Mahomes, he can just walk to the side and, and he can throw a shot, great throw or Josh Allen will step to the side, run down the field. Um, and, and the Ravens have it too. Teams try and get pressure against the Ravens. He's, Lamar steps to the side. He you know takes off 40 yards down the sideline. So the defense, yes, it's important, but the schemes that we're trying to you know implement are less effective than they were before because just getting pressures isn't enough anymore because quarterbacks there it's kind of this new breed where they they can almost all roll out of the pocket we we don't have tom brady's um anymore which is funny because you know he just won the super bowl but um you know he also had a very good defense uh and he had also a great offense around him uh, so Congrats to the Bucks for nailing their cap space and, and everything like that. But it's it's going to be very difficult. And I personally, for me, I want to draft a, a wide receiver, a top-tier wide receiver. Um, I think right now I want Bateman, but I, I think it's less likely Bateman will be there in comparison to Terrence Marshall. So I, I like Terrence Marshall uh, going to the Ravens um, would be my ideal goal. And then and then I would sign money on, on the – edge rusher position in a Hassan Reddick and Ty Spouser. But that would be my my idea. But, you know, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to, you know, sit in the general manager's office and and make those calls. So, you know, maybe that's why I'm in college right now. But, you know, that's my thoughts. You'll, you'll get there one day. One this, day, yeah. This is the real – but this is the real season for fans, for podcasts. That's true. For, you know, beat writers. I mean, this is this is what we live for. I mean, yes, outside of being Ravens, outside of being fans, you know, what we talk about the possibilities, what can happen, and you know, to piggyback on those quarterbacks. No, we don't play. We don't play against pocket passes no more. If anybody's familiar with NCAA football, um, they they have the different style of player and quarterback that either <laughs> have pocket passes, scramble, or balance. Now the quarterbacks we all play against are balanced meaning they can throw in the pocket and they can get out. <laughs> so, no, I mean, 
we definitely had if we want we we are a contender, yes. We had the best running game, yes. But what our defense is now doing. I mean, hell, if we being real, they put an 11th man out there and they're using the ref sometimes as the 12th man to stack in a damn box. So uh, <laughs> we had to have some type of – I'm going to keep saying it. We got to have some type of creativity. We got to have some type of passing game. We had to have someone to go over top, be able to catch the ball, and say, you know what, damn, the Ravens do got a passing game. Let's back the fuck up. <laughs> let's just back the hell up one time. Let's let's give them a breather. Let's res- let's actually respect their passing game. So I mean, yeah. Um, if Eric DaCosta, I'm sorry to say it, if he does not invest in the, into the passing game, how I may like, how I may like, I don't I don't know if I'm watching a game this season. It's not because it's the a- same thing we've watched for the last. I mean, even with Joe Flacco, uh, last few seasons, which is. Very unfortunate, but I think that's pretty much it for this segment ending the podcast recording. So um, everybody in the podcast, listening on the podcast, make sure to go check Jake out. Jake, what's your what's your Twitter for people to find you at? Uh, you can find me at Jake Luke. My last name is spelled L-O-U-Q-U-E. And you can find our podcast Twitter account, which I run as well at Podcast Beatdown. So yeah, so make sure to go check them out. Go check out his articles. Go check out his podcast, everything like that. Um, go, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. I, I post YouTube videos every single day as well as the podcasts. Um, but thanks, everybody. Uh, Jake, thanks for coming on. And, you know, I'm excited. Um, free agency very, very soon. So it'll be fun. Um, I'm excited. But thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for having me, guys. All right now.